Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a great show for you today, including special guest William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll visit with uh, Dean Clancy, a senior policy fellow at Americans for Prosperity. We'll visit with Bill Benyon. Uh, he is uh, with Capital Wealth Advisors. He's the founder of the a Turkey Drop for uh, the benefit of St. Matthew's House. We'll be uh, visiting with him about that, as well as with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many, many books. It is November the 11th, and on the 11th hour, the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, the Great War ended. At 5 a.m. that morning, Germany, bereft of manpower and supplies and faced with imminent invasion, signed an armistice agreement with the Allies in a railroad car outside of a town in France. The First World War left 9 million soldiers dead and 21 million wounded, with Germany, Russia, Austria-Hungary, France, and Great Britain each losing nearly a million or more lives. In addition, at least 5 million civilians died from disease, starvation, or exposure. On June 28, 1914, in an event that is widely regarded as sparking the outbreak of World War I, Archduke Ferdinand, uh, Franz Ferdinand, heir to the Austro-Hungarian Empire, was shot to death with his wife by a uh, Serb, Bosnian Serb uh, in, in Bosnia. Ferdinand had been inspecting his uncle's imperial armed forces in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, despite the threat of Serbian nationalists who wanted those Austro-Hungarian uh, possessions to join newly independent Serbia, Austria-Hungary blamed the Serbian government for the attack and hoped to use the incident as justification for settling the problem of Slavic nationalism once and for all. However, as Russia supported Serbia, an Austro-Hungarian declaration of war was delayed until its leaders received assurances from German Kaiser uh, Wilhelm II that Germany would support their cause in the event of a Russian intervention. On July 28th, Austria-Hungary uh, declared war on Serbia, and the tenuous peace between Europe's great powers collapsed. On July the 29th, Austria-Hungary uh, forced, uh, forced, uh, began to uh, shell the Serbian capital, Belgrade, and Russia, Serbia's ally, ordered a troop mobilization against Austria-Hungary. Uh, France, allied with Russia, began to mobilize on August the 1st. France and Germany declared war against each other on August the 3rd after crossing through neutral Luxembourg. The German army invaded Belgium on the night of August the 3rd and 4th and prompting Great Britain, Belgium's ally, to declare war against Germany. For the most part, the people of Europe greeted the outbreak of war with jubilation. Uh, most patriotically assumed that their country would be victorious within months of the initial belligerence, Germany was the most prepared for the outbreak of hostilities, and its military leaders had formatted a sophisticated military strategy known as the Schieflin Plan, which envisioned the conquest of France through a great arching uh, offensive through Belgium and into northern France. Russia, slow to mobilize, was to be kept occupied by Austro-Hungarian forces while Germany attacked France. The Schieffelin plan was nearly successful, but in early September, the French allies rallied and uh, halted the German advance as a bloody Battle of Marne near Paris. By the end of 1914, well over a million soldiers of various nationalities had been killed on the battlefield of Europe, and neither the allies nor the central powers was a final victory in sight. On the Western Front, the battle line that stretched across northern France and Belgium, the combatants settled down in trenches for a terrible war of attrition. In 1915, the Allies attempted to break the stalemate with an amphibious attack invasion of Turkey, which had joined the Central Powers in October 1914. But after bloody bloodshed, heavy bloodshed, and the Allies were forced to retreat in early 1916. The year 1916 saw great offensives by Germany and Britain along with Western Front 
uh, but neither side accomplished a decisive victory. In the East, Germany was more successful and disorganized Russian army suffered terrible losses, spurring the outbreak of the Russian Revolution in 1917. By the end of 1917, the Bolsheviks had seized power in Russia and immediately set about negotiating peace with Germany. In 1918, the infusion of American troops and resources in the Western Front finally tipped the scale in the Allies' favor. Germany signed an armistice agreement with the Allies on November the 11th, 1918. World War I was known as the war to end all wars because of the great slaughter and destruction it caused. Unfortunately, peace treaties that often officially ended the conflict, the Treaty of Versailles of 1919, forced punitive terms on Germany that destabilized Europe and laid the groundwork for World War II. Armistice Day has now become Veterans Day, and we honor those who have served in the military and the armed forces. We're grateful for their service for those who are still with us and those who aren't. Happy Veterans Day. Well, as of 4 a.m. Eastern Time, Tropical Depression Nicole had winds of 35 miles an hour, and it's headed north-northwest at 16 miles an hour. The storm was 422 miles northwest of Naples. Destruction on the east coast of Florida. I'm sure you've seen the pictures. Just unbelievable how it's just torn homes apart on the shore in the east coast. Uh, really sad to see. We're fortunately here in uh, Naples and the Paradise Coast, we avoided uh, the ravage of uh, Nicole. Well, our U.S. Representative Donald Byron's, uh, Byron Donalds announced he will run against New York Representative Elise Stefanik to serve as the House Republican Conference Chair. The Daily Caller for our first reported the news about Byron informing colleagues through Thursday regarding his run. In a letter, Donald said to the party, must uh, outreach to non-traditional media and constituencies. Our party needs fresh ideas and perspectives when outlining our commitment to the American people. Over the past two years, it's been abundantly clear that families across the nation are dissatisfied with the political climate and are desperate for change, he wrote in a conference letter. Uh, I will lead our conference with efficiency, efficacy, and energy that will attract more Americans to our movement, he wrote. As you, your next conference chair, we must zero in on future critical objectives. His letter outlined other objectives, including creating a regional communications team to go over relevant news and communication strategies. We have to ramp up our efforts to connect with people via all forms of social media, such as Twitter, Getter, Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, and Instagram, as well as various podcasts and niche channels, Donald said. The congressman was to bring back rapid response groups and organize tactical communications approach. When news breaks or specific topics arise to prominence, specialists in the area will deploy to communicate our message to other members, the press, and our constituents, he wrote. So good luck to this, uh, to our congressman, uh, Congressman Donalds. I hope he's successful in this, uh, in his role to become uh, a leader in the Republican Party in Congress. Florida's focus on training workers with technical skills and credentials is paying off at the Sunshine State has been named number one in the United States for attracting and developing a skilled workforce. Governor DeSantis announced his ranking as part of a Lightcast 2022 Talent Attraction Scorecard, which confirms that our state's strong policies, open economy, and focus on education has solidified Florida as the nation's best state to learn, work, and live. By keeping Florida free and open, we have created a positive environment and invested in our state's workforce and communities, said uh, Governor DeSantis. As a result, Florida is leading the nation in net migration and talent attraction as other states continue to struggle at the hands of poor leadership, people, and businesses are flocking to Florida. This is the seventh year Lightcast has prepared the scorecard. The report uh, card measures seven growth areas of the most recent five-year period, including net migration of con Counties, adding new residents, education attraction, attainment, job creation, skilled job creation, competitive effect, and annual uh, job openings. Highlights show successful job creation and growth across the state in counties big and small. Florida also leads states in net migration, adding more than 388,000 residents between 2016 and 2020. That's nearly double the net uh, the next state, which is Texas. Under Governor DeSantis's leadership, Florida has laid the groundwork for a lasting success, said Education Commissioner Manny Diaz. 
Our number one ranking for talent attraction is more proof that we are on the right track when it comes to education and economies. We stand ready to build our, our successes and continue moving forward for the benefit of Floridians. So congratulations, Florida number one in terms of job creation for talent and developing talent and skill. President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness was struck down Thursday by a federal judge who declared the president's executive order unlawful. Thank goodness. District Judge Mark Pittman ruled that Biden's program, which would have provided borrowers with up to $20,000 in student loan relief, was unconstitutional exercise of Congress's legislative power. Conversely, the Biden administration previously argued the president had the authority to forgive student loans under the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2003. However, Pittman rejected this argument, asserting there was never any clear congressional authorization for the loan forgiveness program. Soon after Pittman's ruling, Elaine Parker, president of Job Created Creators Network Foundation, released the following statement. And I think they're the ones that uh, raised this case and brought it to uh, the uh, appellate court. The court has correctly ruled in favor of our motion and deemed the Biden student loan program illegal. The judge criticized the Biden administration, calling it one of the largest exercises of legislative power without congressional authority in the history of the United States. That's a real smackdown on the president. The ruling uh, projects the rule of law protects the rule of law, which requires all Americans to have their voices heard by the federal government. This attempted illegal student loan bailout would have done nothing to address the root cause of unaffordable tuition. Greedy, bloated colleges that raise tuition far more than inflation year after year while sitting on $700 billion in endowments. We hope the court's decision today will lay the groundwork for real solutions to student loan crisis, added Parker. In August, the White House explained that forgiveness would combat the skyrocketing cumulative federal loan uh, debt, $1.6 trillion. Of course, it doesn't. I guess the president's lucky that he was able to get this across the finish line uh, before the election and then it's being uh, struck down right after the election. But uh, pleased to see that justice is done. The president has no right to spend a half trillion dollars that uh, is not authorized by Congress. Well, the Sun, South Florida Sun Sentinel denounced Florida as a crimson hellscape <laughs> Wednesday after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the GOP won decisive victories across the Sunshine State. Nice knowing you, Florida, said the Sun Sentinel editorial board. The newspaper has the highest circulation in South Florida. After Tuesday's stunning election results, the state's political transformation is now nearly complete for deep purple battlegrounds to crimson hellscape, uh, an ideal launch pad for Governor DeSantis' presidential aspirations, wrote the editorial board, later to replace hellscape with la uh, landscape. Editors accused DeSantis of racial gerrymandering and said it would be impossible for Democrats to slow down an extremist GOP agenda. We now await a second-term agenda that will feature an open-carry gun law, tighter abortion restrictions, new strategies to suppress the vote, and more, more charter flights out of state to, for migrants, presenting even more of the governor's trademark hubris, wrote the board. Boy, that's a real hard feel. That's pretty bitter, isn't it? And, uh, you know, I would imagine... Uh, the Naples Daily News and other publications across the state of Florida probably feel the same way. Uh, we did have a red wave here in uh, Florida uh, with millions more votes here in Florida than uh, uh, for uh, the GOP. But uh, right now, I'm, I've also seen evidence that the uh, red tide or the red wave happened in other parts of the nation as well. We'll talk about that later in the show. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, William Yateman. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website Golf Shore Playhouse. Org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dean Clancy, who is a Senior Policy Fellow at Americans for Prosperity. Right now, we have with us William Yateman, Senior Legal Fellow with Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, William. Tell us about the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. Uh, so we're a national nonprofit legal organization, and we're dedicated to defending everyday Americans from government overreach and abuse. Uh, and the website is pacificlegal.org? Indeed. Pacificlegal.org. So, William, uh, talk a little bit about what's happened at post-midterms. What are your thoughts? Well, these things are prone to, I guess, media <clears throat> narratives. And, and, you know, perhaps that's what's going on now. We, we have expectations of a red wave heading in. Um, and now, I guess, the common narrative is, is that no such wave occurred. Um, I'll say this, however, even if it was just a splash, it's going to throw a bucket of cold water on the president's agenda. And Mm -hmm. by that, I mean the Republicans are almost assuredly going to take the House. and They're probably going to have at least an eight-vote majority. Um, And that divided control in in Washington, D.C., especially now, I think is pretty important. I mean, they're going to have – it is hoped they will execute their – um, you know, mandate to uh, perform oversight of the executive branch and all the shenanigans that are currently going on um, sort of across the Biden administration. Um, but, and I'll also say this, it's, we don't know how the Senate is going to turn out. Um, and that was always going to be a, a close call. I mean, it's uh, for better or for worse, likely for worse, you know, it's uh, uh, days later after the election, and we still don't know uh, what the outcome in Nevada, Arizona, um, or go, and Georgia, I guess. I mean, we know that's heading to a runoff, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's possible, right? That as things stand right now, the GOP has 49 senators in the next Congress, and the Democrats have 48. Yeah. Um, so it's entirely possible that the Republicans end up with control of both chambers. 
And that does resonate, uh, I guess, that militates uh, in the direction of a wave as opposed to a rim. big deal. Yeah, I agree with that. And, of course, there's going to be a Republican coming out of Alaska so, uh, because you've got two Republicans running against each other. So uh, there's going to be another Republican, albeit um, one of them more preferable <laughs> the, than the other. But uh, so, you know, and, and I read a column by, in uh, Just the News this morning suggesting that uh, it really was a red wave because there were millions more votes for Republicans than for Democrats, even though it didn't yield the type of uh, results in, in the elections that... Uh, that perhaps some of us were anticipating. So uh, the red wave is real. And of course, a lot of these results haven't come in yet. It'd be great if the next day you could see the results. But here we are. How much past the, uh, almost a week past the election, we still don't know about the House seats, many House seats, as including and uh, the uh, what's happened in Arizona. Look at the board. Uh, I'll note this with respect to just the news. One, that's a great outlet, and I recommend your listeners check it out. Yep. Um, but uh, two, you know, that's getting at this this sort of uh, we live in this day and age, the twenty four seven news cycle, and we've got these narratives, and uh, uh, you know, the the notion that that there was no red wave, that it was this ripple, um, seemingly is belied by the vote count. So you know, even if it, even if not in the uh, uh, breakdown of Republicans versus Democrats in Congress, so um, I appreciate that point. Yeah. So uh, now we got between the the eighth of November and the first of January that uh, for this lame duck session, what do you think is going to happen? Well, it's it's dynamic the situation right now. So it's it basically it's going to hinge on how these Senate results turn out in Nevada, Arizona, uh, or Nevada and Arizona in particular. Um, and that is to say, if the Democrats, who, you know, again, they control the Senate and the House now, if they think they're going to hold on to the Senate, then they're going to press ahead with legislation as much as they can, or, you know, as reported um, today in The Hill. Um, they're going to proceed apace with legislation while they still have control of both chambers. Um, however, if they think the tide is turning in Arizona and Nevada, they think they're going to lose the majority of the Senate, then they're going to pivot to uh, uh, pushing through as many as, uh, of uh, President Biden's judicial nominees as possible over the next couple months. So mm. um, it's sort of the, the long-winded answer to your question <laughs> is to say that uh, how the Democrats proceed or how the majority proceeds is going to depend on, on how the politics play out. So interesting. Well, thank interesting point, uh, William. By the way, uh, I know that you were an advocate for d turning down in, in the, the Pacific Legal Foundation. I took a position on the $500 billion student debt cancellation, and a judge struck it down yesterday. I was so pleased. Yeah, well, here, here. So uh, ours was one of many legal challenges uh, in, in jurisdictions across the country against this abomination of a policy. I mean, you know, again, Biden unilaterally um, engineered a $500 billion policy. I mean, that, that's a big deal, um, and, and our president you know, should not be doing that willy-nilly right. um, you know, via press release, which is really how this one proceeded. But yes, as you stated yesterday, uh, a, federal, a, a federal judge in Texas um, nixed the plan in its entirety. Um, uh, now, this is on the heels of the uh, Eighth Circuit had, in response to a suit brought by a number of uh, state attorneys general, um, had in late October paused the rule. So this is uh, the, the judge in Texas acting yesterday. He's out of the Fifth Circuit. So that is to say we've got viable legal challenges to this rule um, in multiple circuits right now. And, uh, you know, the notch up, too, for the good guys, because, again, this policy is truly outrageous. Truly. William Yateman, again, Senior Legal Fellow at the Pacific Legal Foundation. PacificLegal.org is the website. William, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Dean Clancy, Senior Policy Fellow for Americans for Prosperity. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. 
With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Dean Clancy. He is a senior policy fellow with Americans for Prosperity and Paragon Health Institute public advisor. Dean, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Dean. For our listeners that may not be familiar with Americans for Prosperity, maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. Americans for Prosperity is a national advocacy organization. Uh, we, we're working to try to remove barriers between you and your version of the American dream. And uh, we have thousands of activists around the country, uh, organized chapters with paid uh, staff and volunteers in 35 states. And we've been around for many years now uh, trying to move uh, towards a freer and uh, better uh, America. Great organization. What's the web uh, website? Uh, the website is americansforprosperity.org. Uh, Thank you, Dean. And also, what is Paragon Health Institute? Paragon Health Institute is a new free market-oriented think tank that focuses on health reform. It's, uh, for me, very exciting because I'm a health policy guy. I've been doing that now for decades. And Paragon is really the best uh, think tank that we've had in healthcare that focuses on how can we make healthcare um, more affordable and freer so people have access to the doctors and hospitals they want without government. That's the problem in healthcare, too much government. Paragon, Paragon was founded by a fellow who uh, worked in the Trump White House and helped push through some excellent health reforms that uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, initiated and uh, for which he doesn't get enough credit. Hmm. Well, and again, uh, so we could check it out, what's the website for Paragon Health Institute? Uh, it's paragoninstitute.com. ParagonInstitute.com. Thank you, Dean. So uh, you've been speaking out about Obamacare and the rise of premiums. Maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. Obamacare, as you know, passed in 2010. They promised us that uh, health care costs would go down. Uh, we'd spend at least $2,500 a year less on our health insurance premiums, every family. Well, actually, premiums have gone up significantly, tens of thousands of dollars, in fact. And uh, the health insurance industry, which basically gets billions of dollars uh, through Obamacare, uh, they're uh, raising their premiums by 25% on average wow. just this year. Uh, so Obamacare has not led uh, to more affordable health care or health insurance, uh, just the opposite. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm an advocate for... Uh uh, catastrophic uh, health insurance. You don't want to be able. You want. You know. You should be able to have a high deductible and be able to have a health savings account to uh, to manage your situation. You should have a tailor made program to suit your health needs. And uh, of course, Obamacare is one size fits all. 
That's absolutely right. Obamacare um, it massively expanded government, of course, but it, another thing it did was, in a sense, uh, outlaw true insurance. Insurance where, you know, you buy only what you need, you pay according to risk, just like fire insurance or car insurance. Um, those markets work because you allow uh, people to buy only what they need and pay, uh, you know, according to the risk they bring to the to the table, but not in healthcare. Since Obamacare, basically, you have to buy the biggest, most costly insurance plan that covers all the bells and whistles, whether you want or need them. And uh, as a result, you have a lot of people, especially younger, healthier people, who just won't buy uh, health insurance. They they just go uninsured, even though they they're eligible. They they could do it. It's just too expensive for them. And so we need to change that. We need to. Uh, to, uh, I'll call it, repair Obamacare by getting rid of the federal mandates and rules that have made it so inflexible and, and as I said, outlawed real insurance. Absolutely. Now, where do we stand with regard to health savings accounts? Well, health savings accounts, I just uh, wrote about this on the Americans for Prosperity uh, website the other day. Uh, HSA is about one in 10 Americans have them, but 90% of us have no access to this powerful financial tool. And HSA, for listeners who don't know, is a tax-free savings vehicle, a little bit like an IRA or a 401k, but it's just for health care. You can uh, put money in tax-free. Any interest or capital gains that you um, accumulate in the account is tax-free. And then when you spend the money, uh, it's tax-free as long as you spend it on qualified medical expenses. But guess what? That's just about anything in healthcare, including, you know, over-the-counter drugs and medical devices, doctors' visits, anything really in healthcare except for insurance premiums. You can buy with your health savings account, and the result is, it's like you're getting a double-digit discount on every purchase. It, it stretches your healthcare dollar farther, and every American, uh, we think, should have access to this tool because you can use it to buy things that. Your health insurance doesn't cover, and insurance is getting stingier this day, these days, especially in terms of not covering the specific doctors or hospitals that we want to see. And so uh, your HSA can help you to get around that barrier. And But as I say, only one in ten of Amer Americans can even have an HSA because of federal barriers. Uh, AFP, uh, we want to remove those barriers so everybody can have an HSA. And if I'm not mistaken, health savings accounts also cover things like eyeglasses and dental care, the things that currently uh, other insurance doesn't cover. So uh, it's a great benefit for everyone. Uh, what do we have to do in order to have them more accessible for Americans? Well, we need Congress to make one key change uh, in the federal uh, law that governs health savings accounts, and that is to remove the requirement that before you can have an HSA, you must also have a very specific uh, kind of health insurance. It's called a high deductible health plan, and it's mapped out in the, the federal statute. But you know, it's written by politicians, so they set a minimum deductible, a maximum out of pocket. They make complicated rules for what you can uh, consider preventive care that doesn't apply uh, against your deductible, and so on. And it's it's all unnecessary. Uh, the problem is most people, the insurance they're offered in the workplace does not qualify them for an HSA. Ah. And, and big programs like Medicare, Medicaid, TRICARE, uh, you know, veterans benefits, none of those qualify. So as a result, as I said, nine in 10 Americans, no access at all. But if we make that one change, just decouple the account from insurance, then everyone, including the uninsured, could save and pay for health care tax-free. Wouldn't it make sense for employers to offer catastrophic health care in insurance plans with the health savings accounts? Yes, it would. And in fact, some do. I'm, I'm in the lucky 10% of Americans whose employer does, in fact, do that. They offer a, you know, an HSA qualified plan, which has a high deductible. You know, deductible is the amount you pay out of pocket before your insurance kicks in. And also will make contributions, you know, like matching uh, contributions to uh, your account. Mm -hmm. But most Americans don't have that uh, benefit because their employer, uh, can't afford it. One of the problems with HSA qualified uh, health insurance is that it often is not very economical because of those 
federal rules about what it has to cover and not cover and so on. It's another example of uh, political micromanagement by, uh, you know, politicians and bureaucrats. Uh, and if we could just fix that, then I think you'd see a lot more employers offering this. By the way, when you talk about catastrophic coverage, uh, I think we should make sure to define that. As that that's stuff that, that protects you against the really big expenses, which is really what insurance is for. Absolutely. Well, it's, it, it's uh, just... It's just a shame. It seems to me, and I'm no expert in this field, but it seems to me that everything is a workaround around Obamacare because it just gets in the way of the free markets providing services and allowing people to make free choices. Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. It's it's really about removing barriers between people and the care that they want to receive. It's also about empowering patients to shop for value as true consumers of care. You talked about the importance of having a catastrophic insurance policy, which is hard to do now, plus a health savings account, which is also hard to access. But I would add to that a third uh, option, and that's a direct payment for health care. So uh, like a direct primary care subscriptions, that's where you, it's like a monthly subscription to your favorite doctors, There's yeah. no insurance involved. And, you know, you, you have to, you pay no further charges or fees beyond your monthly a subscription cost, which can be very affordable, maybe $80 a month for, you know, an adult, $10 a month for a child. And, and you got unlimited access, plus often access to deep uh, discounts on generic drugs, lab tests, uh, referrals to specialists, all um, in one low monthly fee. So imagine a, it's like a triple layer of protection where you've got your basic insurance that's affordable and your health savings, which is tax-free, and a direct primary care subscription with direct access, no insurance company meddling, that would be a great health care system. And that's what we're working toward. Absolutely. Well, they're springing up all over South Florida here, so it's a great opportunity. And it is a big cost saver. It's a win-win for the doctors. They don't spend all their time in the computer trying to satisfy <laughs> the, right. the insurance companies, and they spend more time with their patients. Uh, again, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Dean Clancy, Senior Policy Fellow with the Americans for Prosperity. That's americansforprosperity.org. And also Paragon Health Institute. That's Paragon Institute. Dot com. Dean, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Bill Bainan. He is with C, uh, Capital Wealth Advisors. He's the president and CEO, but he started a program with St. Matthew's House. We're going to find out about that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs, among other things, to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, vfga.org. Coming up, going to be visiting with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Bill Bainan. He is with Capital Wealth Advisors. He's the president and CEO, and he's also the founder of a terrific program that's been going for about 18 years at St. Matthew's House. It's called The Turkey Drop. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Bill. So uh, tell us about The Turkey Drop. Well, this will be our 18th year, um, providing families uh, Thanksgiving meals uh, with uh, our partnership with St. Matthew's House. So uh, St. Matthew's House is a program where they provide uh, the food for families that have a place to cook the food, but no food uh, for the holiday. So uh, we provide each family, and this year uh, we'll provide 2,500 families, and then with the extra support, it's probably going to be close to double that through the St. Matthew's House program. But every family gets a, a turkey, uh, all the side dishes, a dozen eggs, a freshly baked pumpkin pie, some produce, some bread. And so really gives the family the ability to have, have a, a wonderful holiday uh, meal together. Um, and we, we've been doing this, you said, for, for 18 years. You know, Billy, it's just a real tribute to you and to, to, uh, for what you're doing because there's never been a greater need now for with inflation, with all the things that are going on in our economy. You can just imagine the need for, for uh, food and for sustenance is so important, and for people to be able to celebrate a Thanksgiving uh, through your efforts, I think is just terrific. Let's just back up for a second. And that's, uh, St. Matthew's House, who we should mention, they, they're doing terrific work, and they don't take any government money whatsoever. Uh, and they've got programs and everything from uh, addiction recovery to uh, homelessness to uh, food needs. Uh, these, the St. Matthew's House is just doing a terrific job. Yeah, they're an organization that, uh, you know, I've been in Naples since 1998. I've seen them grow over the years. And while there's the work they do in their addiction recovery at Justin's house, they have the homeless shelter. Uh, they serve meals to the food insecure every day, provide food to the food pantries. Um, and to your point, you know, they they raise money through donations, but they also uh, are, are very um, good at, with their thrift stores, providing income for them to service their programs. Uh, just a wonderful organization. Can't say anything uh, better about them. They're just terrific. They are terrific indeed. In fact, they also have job training. They have a kitchen. They have uh, yeah. uh, they, they, they help people car wash, all kinds of things that they're doing to help people not only build their skills, but go out and get a job afterwards uh, at St. Matthew's House. So they're just really, and, and here's the thing that's so important. At St. Matthew's House, unlike many government programs, there's real accountability. I mean, if you're going through the program for addiction recovery, for example, you're held accountable. You're expected to recover. Yeah, and, then, and they do a wonderful job of taking the graduates from the programs and integrating them into work uh, programs. Uh, they have Lulu's Kitchen, which is a wonderful restaurant down on Airport Road. Uh, if you haven't been, it's a terrific place to, to have lunch or dinner. But they're really uh, engaging these people who have, have been successful in coming to the program, getting them engaged in job training, which really helps them as they transition out. Uh, they do the same with their thrift stores, the distribution centers, uh, really a wonderful sort of full circle program that they have. Absolutely. So uh, how can we help? How can we participate? Well, every year we've, we've grown the turkey drop. So the first year, 18 years ago, it started with my wife and I buying 25 turkeys. And as you know, it's grown to 2,500 meals. Uh, how you can help the community is really to help support St. Matthew's House. Food insecurity in Collier County is not something that is limited to the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, it is year round. And this year, especially with uh, Hurricane Ian, as you said, inflation, food cost increase. Um, it's, it's an important time as ever for us to support this organization so that they can help the people in the, in the community. Um, you know, food insecurity is something that, you know, we live in a wealthy community. We feel blessed to be here every day in the sunshine. 
Um, but there's still a number of families in, in the five-county region that, that are food insecure every day. And, and if, whether it's through a donation of, of a turkey or cash donations, uh, St. Matthew's House will be a good steward of that and making sure that it, it's helping people in the local community. Now, I understand tomorrow is the, the last day to participate in the uh, turkey drop. Uh, what's going on? Where do we well, go? Yeah, tomorrow's is tomorrow's the day that, that we assemble all the food boxes, but it's not necessarily the last day. As I said, you okay. know, any contribution to St. Matthew's House will be utilized, whether it's for this Thanksgiving turkey drop or throughout the year. Um, so it's important to continue to support them. Tomorrow is the day where uh, we gather our, our firm, our other community and business partners come together, and uh, and we have a, a day of assembly. So we'll have about six or seven 18-wheelers full of food wow. arrive at our distribution spot, and we'll spend the day getting it ready um, for uh, for Wednesday, or excuse me, for Thursday, which is the distribution day where the families actually are, are, are coming to pick up the food. So tomorrow we'll be we'll be moving uh, lots of food products and assembling boxes uh, with, as I said, with all the Thanksgiving meals and getting it ready to go. Um, so we're really excited. We'll have a, a large group of people there. If you want to stop by and help volunteer, it's going to be at the First Baptist Church at the corner of Livingston and Orange Blossom. Fabulous. Tomorrow morning at about nine o'clock and. Uh, uh, we always can uh, use a helping hand. If you want to make a donation to St. Matthew's House, uh, you can stop the distribution centers uh, and their, their facility down on Airport Road. You can write a check. You can go online and make a donation. Anything that you could do will really help the local community. Absolutely. Again, St. Matthew's House is just a terrific organization here in the Paradise yeah. Coast. And again, the website is stmatthewshouse.com. STMatthewshouse.org. You know, right now, just go to the website, make a contribution. It's for a great cause. And Bill, I'm you are really a saint. Just really appreciate your contribution to the community, putting this program together now for 18 years, and helping with the uh, St. Matthew's House Turkey Drop. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, thank you. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up. We're going to visit with uh, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He also writes a column for Newsmax that's called On Point, and we'll be talking about his column. He also has written his 12th book now. It's called Architectures uh, Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It's a terrific, kind of an autobiographical look into his fantastic and such so interesting life. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Whoops, I made a mistake. <laughs> Let's start that over. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, it's nice to hear that uh, that the Blue Provence restaurant is now open in just record time. It's unbelievable. So they are serving lunch and dinner. You can give them a call again uh, and visit uh, uh, the website for Blue Provence. And now uh, the uh, Lulabee's Diner is serving dinner 4 to 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. They serve great breakfasts and lunch and now dinner as well. So, again, Lulabee's Diner. Uh, diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston of Space Architecture and author of many books. His latest, Architectures uh, Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design, also writes his column for Newsmax. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. And Bob, thanks so much for the opportunity to be on. Always a pleasure, Professor. I'd love to start off by just getting your thoughts on uh, the election. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us that were dreaming of a blue wave, or red wave rather, woke up with nosebleeds. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, I think when you, when you step back, and I didn't write an article Wednesday as I usually do. You know, I had to really try to get my mind around what happened. Uh, bottom line is, uh, it, it's progress, and I think it's significant progress, and. And my my interest and concern, really, I think all of it should be is what is the impact, you know, on, on the big election coming up two years from now. And all we can do right now is staunch, the, you know, really staunch the bleeding and 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 uh, attempt to, you know, hold hold spending down. And 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 I think we can. Uh, I think there's been an awful lot of investigations. I think there's. Uh, Huge amount of you know voter ignorance about about uh, conditions and people and so on. And even though you know people have a sense that you know the uh, border is, is a disaster and COVID was uh, it was concocted in the laboratory and it shouldn't have happened. And and you know the you know, we need to parents need to retake the schools and stop the indoctrination of their children with with uh, anti-patriotic, racist, uh, sexually inappropriate stuff, and and on and on, I, uh, I think a lot of a lot of and, and energy policies, which are absolutely disastrous. You know, when you it was a real head scratcher to see you know John, John Fetterman who's who's uh, got you know, cognitive problems, obviously, but also uh, you know some you know, some terrible. Uh, Views on, uh, on on fracking in his own state, which is an energy state, Pennsylvania. You know, you put all this together. It's it's to me, a, it's really what happens now. Where does it go? Why does it have? Why did all this come about? And uh, I'm and I'm not I'm not really depressed about it. You know, we've got if we take the house, and it looks like we're going to take the you know the house back. Uh, then that's going to that's going to return the the power of the purse to the you know to the house which where it should be and think away from some of these executive orders crazy executive orders like loan forgiveness and all, and so on and uh, take back the money from the uh, eighty seven thousand FBI agents that they plan to hire et cetera et cetera all right. But it's also going to flip these um, oversight committees, and the house the house has a lot of say on this, a lot of sway on this, and and we're going to be we're going to be seeing investigation on COVID, and of course Anthony Fauci, and really wondering, you know, what poss- what contribution, if any, there was in terms of gain of function money going from Washington to. Wuhan laboratory, et cetera, et cetera, and and Mayorkas at the border, and I think there'll be the power to impeach will be in 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 republic in Republican hands. It won't be as far as the trials, such as impeachment trials that may follow. That's 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 up for grabs in terms of what happens in the Senate. But I think I think we're going to see an awful lot of momentum both in terms of you know public awareness of 
of the conditions and the culprits behind all the pain we've been feeling. And, uh, and maybe it's a wake up call. You know, it may not be the extinct extinction event that some of us hope for, but, but I think we're, uh, we're going to heal. I agree, Professor. And, and frankly, of course, I woke up on Wednesday morning and I was deflated. I felt, well, where's this red wave? Well, one of the issues is, of course, that the results haven't come in. We still got uh, so many house seats, 30, 40 house seats right now, that the the uh, results haven't been dis- disclosed yet. So we, th- we've got that as well as, of course, uh, going to run off elections in uh, Alaska as well as in uh, Georgia. So, uh, but you know, when you take a look at the results, and I, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the show, uh, the uh, uh, just the news uh, website uh, showed that actually there was a red wave. There was a, a great majority of voters who voted Republican, uh, much more than in, for for example, last uh, in uh, 2020. So. You know, it's a very positive in- indication. It didn't result necessarily in, in the uh, elections that we wanted, but uh, it still could in in the uh, next week or so. Well, I think a lot of us are cheering what happened in Florida, and 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 uh, and also, of course, uh, we may hopefully seen the last of Beto O'Rourke in Texas, <laughs> yeah. and 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 so on. So, uh, you know. Unfortunately, Harris County, which is the biggest county in, in Texas, uh, had had uh, disproportionately uh, uh, liberal judges appointed, and so on. But but uh, you know they haven't turned Texas red by any means or blue by any means, and and I think you know Stacey Abrams. Uh, hopefully, we'll, we won't be seeing a lot of her anymore. Uh, but uh, you know that, that that's all. I think I think that's all very encouraging. I hope now, as we look ahead, uh, you know, we we have a you know obviously a rising star in, ter- in terms of DeSantis, and uh, I'm I'm kind of concerned that uh, we may see a rift or you know within the Republican Party in terms mm-hmm. of the you know the Trump uh, roar of the crowd and the DeSantis. Uh, uh, rising and and we'll see where that goes. But uh, uh, I see Tulsi Gabbard kind of out there in the background that may run as an independent. That's my my concern. So we, I, I'm concerned about f- splitting the party right now. Yeah, and I don't I don't have an answer to that. Yeah, and uh, you know the the fact of the matter is that uh, anybody has the right to run for president, and, and uh, it goes through. It's always ex- exasperating experience when it happens, but it can tend to make us stronger as well when there's no rival, when you don't have any uh, anybody running against you. It uh, you know it uh, it, it kind of sharpens the saw in order to, uh, to to go through a primary or to go through that process. And Trump did it before; he can do it again. Well, I think you're absolutely right, and. And you know, I think a lot of us uh, feel that you know they they put Trump through an awful lot. I mean, my gosh, the uh, you know he went through an inquisition from the time he came down the escalator, and and uh, and he's a fighter, and he fought back, and I think we respect that. He's fought back both for himself as well as for the country, and I think we respect that. But, but as you you know, in Florida, you know, DeSantis hasn't had an easy ride either. No. And and he's he's had to make some really tough decisions that they, you know, a lot of people try to crucify crucify him for, and and the COVID shutdowns and and decisions, and he, he's the one leading uh, politician who's who's declared a, a war on woke, you know, and I think that I think that the country, a lot of the people in the country are saying, finally, maybe maybe uh, you know someone's actually going to speak out on this and you know from a from a from a high podium and and so i'm i'm optimistic i think if we can hold the line if we can uh if we can uh begin to get it make the country i think the way to make country aware of 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 the problems is probably to make them aware of how the media has covered up the problems everything from Hunter's laptop, of course, in the Biden family, foreign influence peddling, and and uh, you know the 
debacle at the border and, and what that means in terms of fentanyl and opioid deaths and so on. I yeah. think I, I think there's uh, maybe that maybe that nosebleed is, is what we needed. Well said. Again, Professor Larry Bell, latest book, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It's a terrific read. Also, we didn't talk about his column today, but you can go to Newsmax.com and check out Larry Bell's column, uh, On Point, his latest, Disastrous Self-Inflicted Policies on Midterm Ballot. There'll be a column coming out today as well. Professor, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, I always enjoy so much. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, on Monday, we're going to have great guests, including Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. Bob McClure is the president. Dr. Bob McClure is the president of the James Madison Institute. And uh, Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com, will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>